Hey guys, it's Shawnee. Welcome back to What Was Scotland podcast. I hope you guys have been enjoying the episodes so far and everyone's keeping safe and staying inside. It's been a long week, the last week. It's been about a week and still from the last time that I recorded and it has been a long week. What have I done? I have done everything I can to try and pass the time doing things that I hate doing, like dishes, that is, ugh, that is my most annoying thing ever, I hate it, I also had my birthday as well, so happy birthday to me in lockdown, that was fun also, but I mean, people sent me cards and we did like group chats and things like that, and I mean, that was really nice, so I think myself quite lucky, I mean, the poor kids, like they're having all their birthdays and stuff and you see all these stories about people going to their windows and stuff to sing happy birthday and I just feel so sorry for them because they don't understand what's going on. I mean, I understand what's going on. I'm not that disappointed um, in not being able to celebrate my birthday with my friends and my family, but I mean, the kids, they just don't understand. That's a shame for them. Everyone says, oh, well, it'll be one that you'll never forget. You'll always remember your birthday when you were in quarantine, lockdown. And I just think, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) Very good. Yes, I won't forget it. So, what else I've been doing? I've been trying my hand at painting because my mum is a very good artist. She went to art school in Glasgow and things like that and she's always tried to teach me how to do lots of different arts and crafty things and I've never been that good at it to be honest. I've definitely not got her flair for artistic things but I gave it a try. The first couple were ridiculous. I mean my nephew who is like nine and I'm terrible with remembering people's ages Aye, he could have 100% done a better job at this painting than what I did. It was absolutely ridiculous. But do you know what? Then I discovered the magical world of YouTube tutorial videos for painting. And that's been passing my time at night when I've been bored. I mean, there's only so much TV you can watch before you're like, oh, God, this is too much. Need to do something different. And um, we've not got any garden furniture and it's been so nice and so so bright outside. It's still chilly, it's still cold, but I mean, it's been really nice, but we've not even got any like anything to sit on outside. So I've just been sitting on like the wall or the grass, which is fine. It would just be a lot cooler if I could like sit with like a table and be able to like sit outside and edit and research as well like that would be so cool if I could sit outside with a table and chairs and just like do all my research outside I could I would be hammering out episodes like daily on the daily if I could sit outside but when I'm inside I've got too much distraction I've just I sit down and I start and then something happens someone phones or my boyfriend put something on the telly and then I get distracted by that or something I don't know there's just too many distractions inside or you just want to go sit outside but then it's too awkward to like take your laptop because I've just got a brand new laptop and I don't want to to like sit on the dirt like 
I just don't want to <laughs> I just don't want to do a bath so that's my um, first world issues if you want to call it that pretty much apart from that not really been doing anything just been researching up episodes things like that update on the story that I told you last week um, in an intro where I found out that like all this crazy stuff was happening in my local town and one of my friends had seen it all well update to that she called me last night and told me that she found out that the guy not the boyfriend the guy that was um showed up at the door and was arguing with them and fighting with them we actually know him we actually know the guy so I was a bit like oh great that's obviously I'm not going to say who it was or what happened that's not the point of this it's just light-hearted story but I mean yeah that's it's just typical it's just it's just honest to god typical see some of the things that have happened it's just it's honest to god typical that somebody that we know that was involved in that and I so apparently he'd phoned one of our friends and he had told his side of the story which was nothing matching what had actually happened because remember like my friend that lives there seen everything that happened so I it's just one of those by the time it gets round the town it will be exaggerated and oh god who knows it's one of those things I'm sure everybody has a story like that where things are messy and it's drama and gossip and just craziness but apparently the police are involved and they've been up at the door and things like that throughout the week this week as well so luckily no one was hurt just for anyone that hasn't actually listened to last weekend's episode it was just a crazy night that happened to my friends where her door was getting banged by this guy like shouting that he'd been stabbed and then all these other things started unfolding after and now it turns out that the guy that had allegedly stabbed someone was someone that we know quite well but apparently the stabbing had never happened anyway so who knows who knows but that's just a wee update for you if you can even follow along because obviously I'm trying not to mention anyone's name in this because it's not meant to like drag people or like anything like that so anyway and uh, pretty much that's it I mean we've been doing that we've been doing some quizzes and stuff on YouTube which has been okay and just kind of running out of things to do new playing some card games rummy my boyfriend Andrew he showed me how to play rummy that was fun I actually got quite into that I think I could be a champion because I bet him so many times so I'm doing well with that and it's crazy because it's like I swear I'm turning an alcoholic now as well Um, because like it's up until four o'clock you're just like tea 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 cups of tea cups of tea I went and I bought myself a green tea and jasmine which is like one of my favorite teas and I don't even like herbal teas like actually to be honest at all I only like green tea and jasmine and green tea that's it and then just bog standard like English breakfast tea as well but I'm not into all your fancy teas but then once four o'clock hits I'm like "Mm, it's been a boring day Oh, will I just have a glass of wine? Will I just have a glass of wine? And then I end up having a glass of wine. So, I mean, <laughs> last night I was convinced that 
it was Saturday night. Well, it was Saturday night last night. So there was no convincing needed. But what I mean by that is, like, I was like, no, it's Saturday night. And if I was off work and it was a Saturday night, we would be doing something. So let's do something. So I got us some drinks and we were having a drink. We'd done a quiz again. Also, won twice, draw twice. So I am still the reigning champion of quizzes also. Not by much that I'll never be on by like one point because we're not very bright, but it was a laugh anyway. Like taking shots at Jägermeister because I was like, yes, no, we're going to party. Honest to God, like I took two shots of Jägermeister, I took like two shots of vodka. I had two, um, well, what's it called? Um, like frozen daiquiri type things. I had like frozen fruit and so I like blended that up and put some vodka in it and made like a cocktail and I had like two ciders and I swear to god after that I was literally like I don't even feel the effect of this alcohol because I'm so bored and I'm just sitting here like 12 o'clock at night I'm just gonna go to my bed I think because I don't even feel like I felt tipsy to begin with but then I was like I don't even feel this so I kind of thought to myself maybe I've destroyed myself and now alcohol doesn't affect me and I don't get drunk anymore oh god that would be horrendous but anyway so yeah life update complete nothing happening basically <laughs> so we are going to talk about the children of shadow murders today now this is this is all based on a practice that used to happen in Victorian uh, times. I think it was the 19th century. Yeah, that would have been right. Victorian 19th century. And it didn't just happen in this one case. It was a, a thing that happened quite widely throughout Victorian times. And it wasn't just limited to Scotland. It also happened in England and Wales and there was cases that were caught in New Zealand and America and Australia. So, I mean, it's not, it's nothing new. People will have probably heard about this practice um, that I'm going to talk about. But just to pre-warn you, it does involve children. There's nothing graphic in what I'm going to say. It's just the story's not very pleasant. So that's just your pre-warning there. So, Jessie King, who we're going to talk about, was from Edinburgh. She was born in 1866. Jessie King was the last woman in Edinburgh to be hanged. And she was convicted of baby farming, which was, like I said before, really rife in the 19th century. Jessie and her partner Thomas found a way to make cash quickly with little work involved. And if you call taking the life of an innocent baby little work, then that that is true. But it's it's not um it's not little work to me. That's that's definitely not what I feel like. So basically, how baby farming worked is that babies of unwed couples, prostitutes, adulterers, the list goes on and on, they could sell their children to baby farmers on the birth of their child or even into their toddlers, things like that. 
and then they could be put up for adoption or fostered by these baby farmers or so they thought but we'll get into that later so they would pay them a small fee and it was said that Jesse and Thomas would receive about £2 to £5 per baby in exchange for finding the baby a new adoptive family or keeping them until they could be found an adoptive family or a foster family. They would care for the babies until they found appropriate homes basically. In 1888, a group of young friends made a footfall from a bundle of oil skins they had found in the lane behind Cheen Street. And I've probably not said that right. Little did they know that inside the bundle, they would discover a body of a dead child. This led to the police to Jessie King and her partner, Thomas Pearson. I believe that... Um, People were talking around the time, so when they found these oil skins and they found the dead baby and it wasn't that far away from where Jesse and Thomas were and rumours were rife that the police basically got led straight to their door. When they raided their house, they found a baby girl strangled in the coal closet. They also found a baby wrapped up in a jacket on like a really high shelf as well. Jessie took all the guilt, claiming that Thomas knew nothing about what she was doing. When he was released, though, she did ask to withdraw her confession, but it was too late for Jessie at this point. This case brought Edinburgh face-to-face with one of the biggest scandals of Victorian period, baby farming. Victorian baby farming was a horrific practice. It took advantage of mothers unable to care for their children and desperate to give them a better life. Unwed mothers had no support at all. The practice occurred in an era, in an era sorry, where contraception was limited. Abortion was illegal and illegitimate children were looked down on. The baby farmers would take custody of the child in exchange for payment and in the worst cases children were neglected, forced to live in overcrowded rooms, abused and also murdered. In February 1889, Jessie was 27 years old. She appeared in the High Court in Edinburgh accused of the murder of three babies. She was not their mother but had taken on the children after responding to advertisements in the local newspaper for person wanted to adopt child. So this would be the mother um, or maybe the mother's family putting an advert in the local newspaper asking for anyone that's looking to adopt a child, adopt a baby. So for a small amount of money, the baby farmer would take the child, which was then severely neglected or killed in most cases. The babies in these cases were illegitimate sons and daughters of domestic services, sorry, domestic servants and factory girls who unwanted pregnancies would threaten their basically already really precarious existence they're really poor people. So what would have led King to this business in the first place is what I'm thinking. 
she was noted to be like a very vulnerable woman and she was highly uneducated as she was very poor didn't have access to proper education she was pretty much penniless and jesse had struggled to survive her whole life when she met thomas pearson she was actually heavily pregnant to a man who had offered to marry her but she somehow managed to fall under the spell of thomas he was basically just like a disgraced glasgow man he was about 30 years older than jesse as well he was a middle class man who had abandoned his wife and family and was drinking himself pretty much into destitution yet he seemed to have such a powerful hold over jesse he stayed with her from august 1887 to October 1888. It appears that the couple adopted three babies at least and all three of the babies didn't last long. They didn't live very long at all. During the trial, Jesse would basically be seen as beyond evil. The whole town, well city, Edinburgh, um, newspapers were depicting her as this ravaged, wretch, rat-like creature instead of the 27-year-old woman who was vulnerable and probably perhaps had mental health issues from what I've heard. Just researching this, a professor, I found a professor of social and gender history at the University of Glasgow and he said, Jessie was given no mercy either in the press or even in the drawings that depicted her. So the drawings that people would sketch for the newspapers, like I said before, they weren't giving her a very flattering portrait. They were depicting her as like the mother of all evil. Pearson proclaimed his innocence and his ignorance of what happened to the children. So he's basically like, I have nothing to do with this. And I had no idea that this is what Jesse was doing. It's nothing to do with me. He turned on Jesse and stood against her in the trial, offering evidence up. And he was allowed immunity from the prosecution because he was going to be a crown witness against Jesse. So he's properly dealt his cards in and screwed Jesse over something rotten, like obviously got her into this my opinion but also many people's opinions to be honest because every time you read this that's all you see is everybody thinking that yeah jesse was had by this guy and then on top of that proper just like oh what is that expression where you just like sail somebody down the river or sell somebody down the river or i can't remember but yeah basically just not having her back at all, actually going out his way to make sure she gets convicted so that he saves his own skin, which is just repulsive, to be honest. So there was good reason to suggest that Jesse had not been alone in the crimes via evidence. The remains of one of the victims were found on a shelf which was like way too high for Jesse to reach and another child was found wrapped in Thomas Pearson's coat. So... That could be a defensive argument for Jessie's lawyers if she had had one at the time 
suggest that like there's no way this 27 year old woman could have killed these babies by herself but they've obviously not taken that into account because or they have taken it into account but he was allowed immunity so i mean maybe they knew that he must have helped her but there's no way that they can convict him if they're wanting to use him as a witness it took the jury only minutes to find jesse guilty and she was given an automatic death sentence her Roman Catholic confessor wrote pleading to, well, pleading for her life to the Secretary of State, which said, to save Pearson, she made the statement which has done her so much injury. She now declares that he in one of the cases did the deed and in the other two, he stood near directing and guiding her in the administration of the killing. It seems a more likely solution of this terrible crime that this hard-hearted man and unfaithful husband, an aged man, was directing the unsteady hand of a poor woman he had made his slave. Now, the letter from the confessor to the state didn't have any impact at all. On the night of the 10th of March, 1889, Jessie parties with her own baby, Thomas, for the last time. She was hanged the next day. She was the last woman to be executed in Edinburgh and is actually buried under the car park of St Andrew's House, which used to be the site of Calton Jail. Pearson died in Glasgow the following year. So Thomas gets his comeuppance. He's not living a full-blown life of happiness after Jessie's gone, but it's still sad that clearly he had something to do with these poor babies murders and he was never held accountable for it and that's just sad other famous cases of things like this baby farming from other places in the world are margaret waters amelia dyer amelia satch annie walters rhoda willis and minnie dean these people are all from like England, Wales and New Zealand, the last mini Dean New Zealand. So if you want to have a look into more about this like practice and what went on, there's far more horrific stories than what Jesse King done. I mean, it's absolutely horrendous what Jesse King and Thomas Pearson were doing to these three poor little babies. And obviously that's only the three that we know of. But yeah, if you're interested in finding out a bit more about Victorian times and the kind of things that happened, which, by the way, I feel like Victorians were the craziest. Like, some of the stuff that they used to do, some of the stuff that they used to eat, I mean, good God. I I remember watching a programme on telly once that was about, like, Victorian dinners and what they put in. Oh, God. Oh, nah. No. I'm a vegetarian, but I don't even, like, think that meat's, like, a bad thing or anything. Like, each to their own, go for it. I've been a vegetarian my whole life, so... And it's literally just the the fact that I don't like it. I just don't like it. It's like someone that doesn't like mushrooms. It's the same scenario, but with me, with meat, I just can't stand it. I hate the texture. I hate the taste. I hate everything about it. But, honestly... I feel like if I wasn't a vegetarian, I would still get my stomach turned by some of the stuff that the Victorians used to eat. Ugh. Nah. No good. So, 
there is a bit more of a positive towards the end because I did find some things that came into place after um, all these quite notorious baby farmers were found out and the practices that they were doing were found out and I mean even though it took nearly mm, I was like nearly 10 years before um, they had some kind of legal enforcement it has came so I found this little paragraph that I just want to read to you about what happened after Jesse's hanging and the the way forward that the Victorian era took in these things. So Infant Life Protection Act came into force in 1897, which finally empowered local authorities to control the registration of nurses responsible for more than one infant under the age of five for a period longer than 48 hours. Under the Children's Act of 1908, no infant could be kept in a home that was so unfit and overcrowded as to endanger its health, and no infant could be kept by an unfit nurse who threatened by neglect or abuse its proper care and maintenance. In 1939, Adoption of Children Act gradually placed the adoption and fostering of children under its protection and the regulation basically got passed over to the state. So protection and regulation of fostering and adoption got passed over to the state and it is a bit more like the system that we have today where we have children's homes and fostering and adoption. It's, it's all very legal and controlled by the government and they have their own like social workers and things like this so the i i have no idea to whether that's a good system or what because i don't really know anything about it but it's a lot better than it was clearly that's hopefully good god hopefully so i mean that's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel I suppose it took these people like Jesse King getting caught doing what they were doing to enforce a more regulated way of doing things and that's the sacrifice of their victims so that's all for today guys it was a treat talking to you all again and hopefully I'll get another episode recorded today because I'm feeling very inspired today to get something out to you. So we'll see what we have. And I've got loads of things that I've half researched, which I really need to get my finger back into, basically. But anyway, so as always, please pop over to Twitter and leave some comments. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know if you know any other stories similar and instagram as well pop in there as always i'll put some pictures up so that you guys can see what i'm seeing when i'm doing the research and again leave a wee comment let me know what you guys think and i'll see you in the next one thanks guys see you later bye